0: Welcome to the m Podcast. The views expressed on this show are those of the host and are nowhere reflective of an endorsement by any organization they are affiliated with via employment or membership. This is our premier show on the uh, normal podcasting platforms. Uh, we were doing this on Facebook Live for a while. Uh, it took me a minute to find a host. I want to shout out my host right now. Uh, big shout out to Pinecast for providing um, the hosting on this. Uh, if you're doing a podcast, um, this isn't a paid endorsement or anything like that. But if you're starting out, just like me, and you want a uh, a decent hosting service, uh, they provide a free one for like your basic hosting, and then they have lots of options to upgrade and, and you know, uh, really good, uh, basically setups to link into your Google Plays, your iTunes, all that fun stuff. So I've been really happy with the way the the system works. Um, it doesn't publish to Spotify. Uh, supposedly, Spotify is a little picky about who they put on there, but i just want to give them a free plug uh just because i appreciate you know them hosting my shit for free um and of course as this shit grows uh, i look forward to needing to pay them money to host it so i can keep better track of this stuff but uh shout out to them uh if you're one of my new listeners you're one of my friends who picked up um big shout out to any of my friends who have already uh you know shared that the show has started um Shout out to all the people who used to, you know, watch when I was doing these Facebook lives, um, and for the people who hit me up when I stopped for a while and said, "Hey, man, where's your podcast at? What's going on with that?" I appreciate, you know, folks who held me accountable and said, "Look, you said you're going to do this thing. What are you doing about it?" Um, and I'm going to plug a couple other podcasts on here uh, over the coming weeks, just you know, because I got some awesome friends that are doing awesome podcasts. Um, but that's not what we're here to talk about today this is our premiere episode, man. I'm super geeked. I'm super excited to finally, you know, be doing this the right way where it's going to actual podcasting stuff. It's set up in the format. The Facebook live thing was cool. I like that live interaction, but it's really distracting. You know, um, when you're trying to record something, when you're trying to sit there and do it and you're having to look at your screen and do it, I mean, it was very complex. Like, whereas this is, you know, I'm able to just sit here at my, my desk. Um, I got my microphone on, I got my laptop going and I'm able to talk into it, but you know, To be clear, I wasn't really confident in doing that. I didn't know how to um, just sit down and talk to nobody. And that was why I liked the Facebook Live, is it gave me that illusion of conversation. Because most of the things I'm talking about are stuff I have in day-to-day conversations with people. Because you know, I talk about this stuff because I'm passionate about. It. I talk about this stuff because it's the things I like to talk about. The shit that's important to me. Um, and so when I have the opportunity to you know basically sit down and have these conversations with friends or people with different opinions, it's great. And I want to carry that over and have a place where we could have these candid conversations. Um, and you know, uh, if you're a new listener to the show. Um, There's a link to my the Facebook page for the show. So feel free to message that Facebook account. Feel free to post on that wall uh, topics you want to talk about. Uh, If you have feedback for the show, please absolutely do that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, so that's what this is about, man. It's a place for us to have these candid conversations um, with a a raw, politically incorrect, but accurate uh, depiction of the world that's going on. what I, what I promise to provide you on this is that I don't talk about shit that I don't, at least at a minimum, do cursory research on. Uh, when I'm prepping my shows, I've taken the time to read good source material, not, you know, single partisan articles. Uh, I look at issues from multiple perspectives. Um, I have conversations with people with differing opinions before. A lot of times I'll talk about something on this show just because I want to hear all sides of the argument and come to a fair conclusion. Um the politics of the show will obviously be very left-leaning just based on my views. Um, I'm generally a liberal person. I have some shit that doesn't necessarily fall into that line. But the expectation is, you know, I am a, you know, proud liberal. I have no problem with that. Um, And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And so when I discuss issues about what's going on in the world, when I'm talking about the things that I'm talking about, yeah, it's going to be from a liberal perspective. And I'm happy to entertain intellectual conversations with people with different viewpoints. But what won't be tolerated, what I won't entertain, what I won't stand for is when people want to engage in prejudicial, racist, sexist, misogynistic, uh, all these terms that people call, you know, <laughs> uh, that say are isms or whatever else. I don't support that shit. So if you want to, you know, debase yourself into engaging in that kind of conversation, engaging in those kind of dialogues, we won't have it. Um But yeah, man, I'm ready to get started. I'm super geeked about this. So uh, this week's show is called It's Always Political. Um, I thought this was a great way to start off the new show, the new series, get this going for really my first season on the podcast. I mean, look, I'm going to try and organize this like it's going to be big. So that way, if it gets that way, it's already done. So this is like season one, episode one. This is my motherfucking pilot episode of my M-Rant podcast. So I'm geeked as fuck. And we're going to get into it today. Uh, so this show was really inspired by uh, some things that have been happening on my timeline. So um, the the first thing I want to talk about... Uh, <laughs> And it's funny, you know, I, I tried to record this at first and I was using the wrong mic. So there's all kinds of fucking background noise and everything else. And I'm not putting out bullshit. Like I will not be putting out bullshit ass podcasts. That's just not going to happen here. So I heard that I had 23, 25 minutes of content. I asked all that shit and I'm starting back over. So uh, but the first thing I want to talk about is the term snowflakes. I love this term so much because. What happens is conservatives love to throw that term out, right? They love to be like, oh, you liberals are snowflakes, blah, 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 blah. But, dude, the best thing you can see is um, if you ever get a chance, I, I normally say don't look at the comment section. But I need you to find a post about Dick's Sporting Goods saying they're banning assault rifles. And then go look in the comments. Please go look in those comments. It is the most hilarious hypocritical thing you will ever see in your entire life. The people who are so quick to call somebody a snowflake are doing the very things they are so quick to chastise other people for. These motherfuckers are losing their entire shit. And the best part about this is, what is one thing that you notice most conservatives talk about, right? They want to talk about consumerism, free market economics, how the market you know, makes choices and blah, 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 blah right? But every single company that has come out and made a decision uh, you know, to basically say, hey, the government's not doing something about gun control. We're going to take it in our own hands. These motherfuckers lose their shit. They go completely off the fucking deep end. Uh, and, and it is absolutely beautiful to watch these motherfuckers unravel and become the very thing they think they loathe so much. Because really what a person is doing when they call you a snowflake is I don't have a good counter argument to your viewpoints. But the fact that something offends you or you find it to be reprehensible, I'm not going to respond to that with facts because I lack them. So I will mock you for your response, for your passion about the issue. Because you are passionate about the issue, you're a snowflake. So the reality is they have no problem being a snowflake when someone you know wants to you know quote-unquote take their guns which isn't what's happening here whatsoever a private entity has made a decision that they're no longer going to carry a certain type of weapon which is what free market economics dictates you dumb motherfucker and you're mad at them i thought you believed in capitalism i thought capitalism was great how about you vote with your money and get your dumb ass off facebook and stop making these stupid fucking racist ass comments and go buy your shit from somewhere else But it's not about that, right? Because when people don't agree with you, oh, you can become a motherfucking snowflake, right? Or you can call them a snowflake. It's totally okay for you. You're a hypocrite. And so that's like the first firing shot across the bow for this, is I find that hilarious um, the best thing you can do is like, if you find a, a conservative person going on a rant like that, call them a snowflake because they love that term. So just give them a dose of their own menace sprinkle a little bit of that snowflake love on them. Like it's a, you know, the, the Nor'easter we got and just bring those, those snowflake showers upon their page. And, uh, I'll appreciate you for that because that shit is hilarious to me. Uh, but again, the title of this week's episode is it's always political. And what inspired this was I had uh, made a post on my page, um, about, uh, basically, You know, this guy in a Hooters, and I forget what state he was in, but he spit on a young African-American kid and called him the N-word. And he was facing charges for that. He was arrested, whatever else. And so when I post the article, um, I posted a caption that said, making America great again, sarcastically, obviously, because, but because of what that phrase implies. So when someone says, we're going to make America great again, you have to ask certain questions, okay? So if we're making it great again, that means sometime before today, I mean, we don't know what that time is. America was greater. So can you tell me when America was greater than it is today? I just want to know for context what, what it is you think the great era that we're going to return to again was. And then, OK, so we frame that. And I'm like, so who was America greater for at that point? Because if you look at America, we have a history of progress, right? We have become a more progressive country as time has gone on, uh, minus the past year. Um, But for the most part, we progress, right? We have worked towards giving more people rights, more people liberty. Um, You know, our policies in general, overall, have progressed. So if we're going to make America great again, that means it was better than it is now. And then we have to figure out who we're making it better for. And who would a slogan like that appeal to? And if you look, There has been a massive uptick, a huge uptick, you know, statistically verifiable uptick in uh, racist crimes uh, across the country. And, you know, somebody posted in my comments, uh, you know, this is reprehensible, but you don't have to race bait and make it political. Well, here's a quick newsflash. It's always political. It's always political. It doesn't just happen in some vacuum. Like People don't get to these places. People don't feel empowered to do the things that they're doing without there being some sort of political thing going It. If you look at the stats, if you look across the world, there's a verified uptick in this stuff. And a lot of it is tied to the policies, platforms, and positions of people in power and the things that they're saying. It's emboldening these people. It's making them feel like this world is okay for them. It's, it's making it feel like it's okay to come out there and say these things because they have people in high places telling them, that it's okay to do it, calling them good people, calling them decent people, uh, supporting their causes, bringing them and giving them platforms and voices and and showcasing their, their viewpoints and agendas at places, doing things that signal to them that they're making the world in the idea that they think it should be. It is political. It always will be political. Nothing that we can discuss in the realm of this world is happening absent with some sort of political impacts of it. Things don't just happen. The world doesn't just happen. There are always sociopolitical conditions that underlie and outline the structure of what's going on. It doesn't happen in some vacuum. It doesn't happen in some small box. This shit happens because of decisions made today, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 100 years ago. The world we're living in today has been shaped by policy and politics. It's been shaped by the way we have implemented social policy, the the social norms of the time, the views of people, all of this stuff exists in a space that's intrinsically tied to the politics of things. So when you discuss an issue to leave out the politics is to leave out the, the reality of the situation, it leaves out the, the honest conversations about what's going on in this world. Because if I don't talk about the politics about it, I am doing a disservice to the dialogue that we're having about the issue. If a person feels emboldened to walk out there and spit on a child and call them a racial slur, they didn't just get that way yesterday. And they didn't just have those views yesterday, but something about the world they live in today Made them feel empowered to do that. It made them feel that that person was uh, below them in a way that that was an acceptable behavior. Something emboldened them. And something is emboldening people like that in a, at an alarming rate. There has been an uptick in racially toned violence and uh, crime in this country. And hey, I mean, we all know correlation doesn't equal causation, but it sure the fuck correlates to certain political changes that have been going on in the world. Right? Like, like we're just gonna pretend that this shit isn't real. Me posting an article uh, and, and tying it to a platform that implies certain things, it's not race baiting, it's not politicizing the issue. Again, you go find me like the voting records of you know any white supremacist organization in this country, and you show me a Democratic candidate they supported. Don't worry, I'll wait. Yeah, you can't do it. I mean, and if you can, I would love to have that conversation because I want to find out who the Democrat they supported is, why they supported them. I'm genuinely interested in the politics of the Democrat that got the white supremacist vote. That would be an interesting one. Um, (laughs) I mean, so, yes, guess what? Republicans are winning by appealing to a certain base. And that base includes overt racists. And it also includes the subtle racists, right? Uh, One of the most racist things that you hear all the time, uh, and it comes a lot from the Republican platform, but you hear it from people in general in this country, is that if you just work really, really hard, and you know you do X, Y, and Z, the world will give you everything. You can you can be rich in this country if you just work hard. Here's the problem with that statement. What that implies is that every other motherfucker out here who's poor, it's just because they don't work hard, right? And so then that narrative gets packaged into another thing, right? So if our baseline uh, idea is that if you work really hard, You do well in this country. That implies that if you aren't doing well, you're not working hard. And if poverty disproportionately impacts certain groups of people, well, it must be because they don't work hard. So then we can do these narratives where this group of people is lazy or shiftless. And then you see all the caricatures and you see all these other things that have happened in the media that we grew up in. I mean, if you remember watching Disney and Tom and Jerry cartoons and all that other stuff, like, you know, a lot of that had very racist shit in it. So it's easy to see how these have these impacts. It's easy to, to pick up on what what it does. I mean, I think Tom and Jerry is one of the best emblematic demonstrations of how these narratives are, you know, plugged into our consciousness very early on. I mean, I remember watching those cartoons and I look back at the imagery that I was seeing and I realized the narratives it was pushing to me about uh, minority populations, whether it be Asian, Hispanic, everything else. The, the, the storylines um, would make caricatures of these mice uh, into certain things. And, you know, it's really reflective of how these people have, for instance and purposes, adopted the viewpoints that they saw from the imagery they see around them. And they look at the world around them and they view it in a certain way because of the imagery that they've taken in, because of the, the news sources they rely on, because of the politicians they follow, the way they believe the world is working and the way they believe things is happening in this country, it shows in everything that they do and say. Um, you cannot sit there and remove politics from what's happening. You're doing a disservice to honest dialogue about this conversation. It's intrinsically tied to it. It is part of what is happening there. It is clearly and obviously some level of political viewpoints. You're not going to be able to find me a person out here, in my opinion, committing one of these incidents that isn't a certain political affiliation. I just I don't I genuinely look forward to you finding the instance of a person committing a race based hate crime, and they're a Democrat. I want to see this person. I want to hear about their story. I look forward to you um, sending this to my podcast and telling me about this. I want to hear about this person. Um, And I'm sure people will find all these creative definitions and everything else uh, for what they consider to be racist, and that'll be interesting to see too. But genuinely, for the most part, you're not going to be able to find me evidence of this. I I don't think it's a real thing, um, but I'm open to the idea of views that don't agree with mine. Uh, And that's the other part of being a critical and logical thinker. But what I won't stand for is someone coming on my page and telling me that by pointing out that there is a correlation between certain ideological viewpoints and outcomes and behavior, that I'm somehow race baiting or politicizing an issue. Racism is highly political. If you look at the history and the fabric of this country and the way people got to the positions they're in, There is a long list of policy decisions and choices made by political officials to ensure that if you don't look a certain way, this country doesn't operate in the same way it operates for people who do look a certain way. Now, we can have debates over who the country is designed to operate for, but if you take an honest look at the history and you look at things like redlining and a number of other issues, you will quickly see how wealth accumulation, how economic opportunity, how quality education and a multitude of other factors have been denied to people who aren't white plain and simple that's reality you don't have to believe it but i would challenge you to do quality historical research and walk away with a conclusion that doesn't mirror that and this idea that somehow because things are mildly and slightly better even though we've seen regressive uh changes in the past year or so um that that somehow negates these factors is hilariously ignorant to say. If you look at the long term impacts of wealth accumulation on outcomes for people, uh, it's intrinsically tied to better outcomes. And when people were systemically denied wealth accumulation, when they are systemically denied property rights, when they're systemically denied equal education, that has long standing impacts into the outcomes they have in this country. And so the idea that making progress is somehow inherently Uh, unjust to you because it takes away an inherent advantage you have is why people throw terms around it you know conservatives hate so much like white privilege oh my god i said it out loud whatever will we do he said white privilege oh no um but (laughs) i mean it's just hilarious you know one of these other things i hear people say or used to hear people say because genuinely people say shit like that to me are no longer my friends anymore and i'm for the most part okay with that um, is, oh, you feel white guilt. I don't know what that means. Like, I really would love, like, I still don't know what a snowflake really is, other than the thing that falls from the sky, and I really don't know what white guilt is. I feel like white guilt is, like, one of those things that people who use terms like reverse racism believe in. Yeah, I mean, I feel like those two terms are intimately tied together. Like, a person who believes in the concept of reverse racism, which is one of the most hilarious words in English. I I don't even oh, I can rant about that for a while. But I feel like people who use that term also use white guilt pretty frequently because they're basically terms to dismiss uh, clear realities, right? Um, You don't have to feel guilty to want things to get better. Like the idea, because I've never heard a person labeled with white guilt, you know, for feeling bad about something. It's not like someone's out here saying, you know, I'm just so sorry X, Y, and Z. No, they're saying, "Hey, this country isn't fair to certain people," and I think we should do things, even if it maybe makes takes away some of the existing advantages I have, or it takes away some of the, you know, things I have that are um, easier for me than others. Even if it makes my life a little bit harder, if it makes the world a more equitable place, I'm okay with that. Um, and then, like this idea of reverse racism is like somehow you can. I, one linguistically is a stupid term it doesn't make any fucking sense and then two this idea that in a system where the deck is so ridiculously stacked in one direction that somehow you can be discriminated against or or have someone uh exercise institutional racism against you is hilarious it's this notion that any step towards equity any step towards equality is somehow at, at your expense, and if that's the case, and you acknowledge that, you're pretty much saying that, oh, hey, um, the world is already stacked in my favor, so, you know, <laughs> I just laugh when you talk to these people, man, like, it's not a funny subject, but the the mental gymnastics people will go through to justify their bigoted or hateful viewpoints is always impressive to me. Like the level of effort people will put into um, pretending that things aren't the way that they are or pretending that things didn't happen the way they happen because it, it better aligns with their belief systems it just always cracks me up, you know? But what can you do? I mean, at the end of the day you have to you have to engage people right and i think one of the biggest things that you know i personally try to do is <clears throat> i try to be vocally outspoken when i hear shit that's ignorant and confronting it and going up and talking to a person and saying nah that doesn't work like that and oh hey here's some history like why don't you read up on these issues and then we can have this conversation again. Now, many times what that'll do is there are certain people who they'll just never talk to you again because, you know, they want to be around the the circle of people who look like them, that they can say whatever ignorant shit they want to and feel, you know, justified in that. Other people will actually start to have like really engaging and great conversations. But, you know, it, it's again, here's one of the beauties of the situation. Right. I can do this. And again, I'm just a bleeding heart liberal. If one of my friends who looks differently than me does it, they're suddenly angry because they're confronting something, uh, you know, Oh, you know, Whoa, I don't, you know, X, Y, and Z. You don't, don't get so angry. Don't be so hostile. Like the way we label folks coming at somebody and trying to correct their incorrect viewpoints or trying to, you know, relay their experiences in the world that are different from what this person's perceptions are is treated very differently when that person doesn't look like them, you know? Um, that's probably the worst I'll ever be called in my career and, you know, in a professional environment is someone be like, Oh man, that's you know, he's a bleeding heart liberal. But if I look differently, the labels I would get would be so different. Because we literally exist in a world where if you speak your mind, your ability to do that is limited by how you look or what gender you were born as or any other number of things. You your permission to be outspoken, your ability to be outspoken is limited based on how you look and what, you know, different uh, attributes you hold as a person. You literally cannot be as vocal about your viewpoints, vocal about your humanity, vocal about uh, your dignity, vocal about being respected uh, in this world without somebody labeling you different or reacting to it differently. We're so predisposed to treat people different. When they're speaking up for themselves, when they're speaking out against things, the terms we use to address it is so much more um, heavy and vitriol when that person is non-white male. Like, it's just crazy to me. Um, You know, you just you watch it all the time. You can watch it with athletes. You can watch it um, in your office space. You can watch it, you know, amongst social circles, uh, in public places, everything else like hostility is one of those things that's so quickly applied to people. It it just blows my mind. But again, as we talked about earlier on the show, it's what you're primed and conditioned to believe based on what information you consume. And so if you look at certain sources, if you listen to certain sources, if you have singular echo chambers of existence, you're going to walk away with certain viewpoints that are very limited because you only are taking in limited content. The biggest disservice we can do ourselves is by limiting our frame of context for issues that are going on in the world by listening to a single source, by listening uh, to, to individuals instead of forming our own ideas and opinions. Whether it's sitting down in front of your TV and listening to the news without doing a cursory level of research into it or sitting down in the pulpit of a church and listening to a person tell you what the Bible says without researching it for yourself, those are both intellectually irresponsible positions to take. This notion that because somebody on TV said it, because somebody wrote it, That I don't have to do any due diligence to investigate my sources, to look at the credibility of what's going on and to form my own original thoughts and opinions on an issue is so intellectually irresponsible. It's so fucking stupid that you're just doing the world and yourself a disservice by doing that to just blindly accept information as it's presented to you, to not take the time to read up on an issue, to look at the history of a place or a people or a situation, to not take the time to actually look into it, but to form your opinion, open your fucking mouth or fix your fucking fingers to go on somebody's page or on somebody's post or somewhere out there in the world and try and take a position on something that you haven't bothered to even read up on. It's so fucking grossly ignorant and negligent that I cannot fix words to put together to explain how irresponsible you are. You do not need to be out here running your fucking mouth about something you have not taken the time to research, especially when the things that you're discussing have people's lives on the line. You want to be a dumbass? We can discuss sports or TV shows or any other of these other motherfucking things that don't have consequences. But we are not going to sit here and discuss policy with fucking idiots. You're uninformed, your non-well-researched stupid fucking opinion does not carry the same weight as somebody who has taken the time to research it. You puppeteering whatever fucking came out of your talking head's mouth that you watch on TV every night and going online and posting it or going into your office and spouting it. When you haven't even bothered to look at the other side of the aisle's argument. You do not deserve equal time. You do not deserve an equal share. You do not deserve an equal voice. You do not deserve an equal platform. Yes, you are free to say whatever the fuck you want, but we don't have to sit there and honor it and listen to it and think that it's somehow valid or worthwhile or something that we have to listen to. I hate nothing more than when you do see two people put on a fucking stage or put on a fucking TV show and one person has a high level of education, the other person is talking out of their fucking ass with nothing to back it up and they're somehow presented to you as equal parties in this conversation. A person who rejects logic and reason and information and supplements it with emotion and outrage and stupidity does not deserve the same platform as a person who is well thought, well-spoken, well-researched has actually taken the time to be an expert on this position. And the other thing we have to realize is just because a motherfucker is an expert in one area does not make them a unilateral one. I, I mean, I present to you Dr. Ben Carson. You might want him to do heart surgery, but I don't want him setting policy for me. But people out here think because you're credible in one area, you're credible in all. It's the equivalent of going on and asking Ja Rule what he thinks about the fucking elections. You know, uh, Dave Chappelle famously quoted, you know, let's turn to Jaw. Let's see what Jaw thinks about this. That's the shit that we see on the fucking TV. And you guys think that that's your single source reporting that you're going to go off of and form your fucking opinions on? Your news networks who bring on idiots to fucking take... Positions on shit and argue with talking heads, your single sided, one sided viewpoints, looking at one website or one medium. Like, you've got to take the time to be intellectually responsible if you're going to come out here and say some shit, if you're going to hop on people's pages, if you're going to go out here. And the other thing is, learn how to admit you're fucking wrong. Like, that is the other thing that they that kills us as a country is people get so heavily invested in their own fucking ideologies that they cannot even sit back and just say, you know what? I've taken the time to research it. I've heard what you had to say. I looked it up for myself. And damn man, I had this shit all fucked up. You know how mature and and big of you that is as a person to own your shit? Like I look forward to finding out I'm wrong about things. I embrace the idea of being proven wrong. That doesn't mean that I'm immediately going to assume I'm wrong, which is what some people expect. And I don't think that's a fair position to take either. But when I come to the realization that I'm wrong, I'm thankful for that information. I've just grown as a person. I've learned something. I've, I've corrected an inaccuracy in my perception of the world. That's valuable. That's great. We should cherish that shit and not get so married to the ideas we already hold that we can't accept new ones. That is so fucking irresponsible. And it's so unhealthy because what it does is it breeds a system in which I can't hear anything that doesn't agree with me. I, I I live and exist in a world of confirmation bias. And that's what we mean by when somebody's in an echo chamber. They just hear their own voice repeating back to them. They hear the talking heads that they listen to repeating the same shit back to them. And they never hear a dissenting opinion. They never hear a well-thought argument that counters theirs. They never hear a person who has done the research, who has real life experience, who understands all of this shit. They don't get to hear that. They get to hear what's carefully presented to them. They get to listen to the, the same people, get the same talking points year after year after year. It's so fucked up. And at the end of the day, we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to the people around us. We owe it to this country to do a better job of being informed. And when you see something happen, it does not exist in a vacuum. It didn't just occur absent politics. It's always politics. It's always politics. There is something that you can take away from and you can tie this instance back to of how it got there. Nothing just happens. It's interwoven with so many other different issues and things. Economics, policy, um, social class structure socio-political intersections of all sorts and types none of this shit that we see happen in the world exists absent those factors coming to play in it and so no i'm not going to take away and remove the politics from it because the politics are the context it's the nuance of what happened i'm not there's no such thing as race baiting If something is racist, it just is. If that happens to make you feel uncomfortable because it makes you realize the world is more racist than you thought it was, I'm not race baiting you. I'm opening your eyes to what the world is like for people who don't get the privilege to not experience that every day. You have the privilege of walking through this world and not having to worry if someone's treating you different because of the color of your skin. And the reality is they might even be treating you better. But they live in fear of these Small one off chances. It's so funny. Like, I feel like people who who hold these ideologies, they have to live off of these these small minority things, two things. Right. They point to the exceptional few who make it out of poverty and who overcome uh, institutional racism as the beacon and milestone for why racism isn't real. And then they find the small margin of situations where maybe a person who looks like them also experiences something that resembles racism to say, well, look, it happens to white people, too. So they spend their time on the fringes of the population structure. Right. So on that bar graph, they start at like both ends of that bell curve, like the far ends. They exist in the extremes and they miss the middle all day because. Accepting the middle means accepting reality. And so to deny reality, they have to exist on the fringe of what goes on in the world. They have to look at things from that fringe perspective of these extreme examples of exceptional few on either end of the spectrum. And that's what they exist in. That's what they cling to. And that's what makes you ignorant. You have to be more honest about how this world that you exist in works and what it is like for people. To not do so is irresponsible. To not do so is to be complicit with a system that oppresses people and maintains that. And to not do so, makes you an irresponsible citizen. If you love this country, you will demand better of it. If you love this country, you will expect it to progress and be more equitable for people. It is not patriotic to sit back and want us to return to a time that was regressive, that was discriminatory, that was prejudicial, that was racist, and guess what? We're not too far removed from that time. and In a lot of ways, we're still existing in that time. And we're gonna talk about a lot of those issues on this show, we're gonna discuss a lot of those issues on this show, Uh, Thank you for tuning in. This has been the end podcast. Um, If you haven't subscribed yet, please do. Uh, If you like what you're hearing, go ahead and throw me a rating. If you don't like what you're hearing, I'm sure you're going to throw me a rating anyway. So I'm not going to try and convince you not to, but uh, I just thank y'all for your time. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Like, share this with your friends. Uh, Again, go to the Facebook page and comment uh, stuff you want to talk about that is interesting and uh, give me any feedback you have on the show. Thank y'all for tuning in and uh, look forward to seeing you next week.